Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 11, The Battle of Tommy Giordano. episode was February 20th, 1989. It was directed by Michael Bahar, and it was written by Marianne Clarkson, who will come back for just unfinished business. So this is her first of two episodes, mm-hmm. and she'll also write one episode of Legend later on. Um, yeah. Why don't we discuss this episode of Brief? Well, in this episode, uh, MacGyver is, I guess, friends with a couple who is going through a custody battle with their child, and the father takes the son away, right. and MacGyver helps the mother to retrieve him. Yeah, it starts out as like a Kramer versus Kramer for the first mm-hmm. like ten seconds, and then it very quickly moves into like Godfather territory. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy because MacGyver starts off he's outside the courthouse with the kid, right? Um, while the parents are kind of like settling their dispute in Superior Court. Yeah, and MacGyver's talking about how he knows the kid, like he's been friends with the family for a long time. Yeah, there's a little bit here that taken out of context would seem. Completely inappropriate. Yeah. And uh, the kid has this weird, like, robotic toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they're just kind of building it and testing it out on the street. Uh, it, you know, it's it, it's one of those, it's a really basic toy. It's just, like, forward, left, right kind of thing. Stop. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like there might be additional buttons to, like, move arms of it or something. Yeah, really and, and basically you can program a sequence for it mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. It's actually kind of a neat toy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really actually wish I had one. Yeah. Well, this um, kid gets two of them in this episode. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing about uh, when your divorce. parents get divorced. <laughs> yeah, you get that <laughs> both of them have to buy you the same toys. <laughs> so you get two of everything. Keep one in the box to sell later. Yeah. Um, so, so MacGyver's sort of babysitting while the parents yeah, are exactly. in, in their divorce proceedings. And, and we get the feeling that he's probably done this a lot, not only from his narration of talking about how he spent a lot of time with the kid as a baby. Yeah. And... And you kind of brought up kind of jokingly, but it might there might almost be something to this of why they're getting divorced. Yeah, because, I mean, aside from him taking the kid away, because he he seems to be a little bit possessive, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's a particular animosity between the two of them in this conversation. They try to be civil about things. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard on the day of a divorce proceeding, I assume. Yeah, I mean, the um, uh, Richard Giordano's uh, attorney... Tells him that he was verbally abusive, right? Wait, you know, which is abuse. And but, they and they go into physical. that a little bit more in depth later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like the reason that he might be verbally abusive is because his wife is hanging out with this eligible bachelor named yeah. MacGyver all the time, who is like hanging out with their kid and buying him gifts and things. Uh-huh. Like for example, he bought him this remote control robot on the day of the divorce proceedings. And is and now taking he's... him and the mother to the aquarium later today. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all a little like... It doesn't seem like just as a friend to me. It, it seemed like this was one of those things where it's like, oh no, this is just my friend, MacGyver. You're, going, you're taking this too far. It's just a friend. Yeah. And then I want a divorce. Yeah. I'm kind of with this guy, MacGyver. Yeah. And MacGyver's got no... No, you don't understand. It's just we're just good friends now. <laughs> Me and him and your son are going to the aquarium together. Right. Uh, Tommy, the kid, is played by Tony Dakota. Right. Um, I know him best as Georgie 
from yeah. the movie It, uh, the infamous scene where Pennywise meets him in the sewer, and he's like asking about the balloons. He's like, "Do they float?" Oh yes, they float. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry is so amazing in that movie. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a TV movie until yeah, I was like, series, yeah. like until I was like an adult because I remember being horribly freaked out by it. Well, that's the thing with Stephen King movies too, is that like almost fifty percent of the ones that you remember, it turns out, were actually miniseries, not, yeah. not feature no. films. Because um, there's some pretty brutal stuff in this, but then as I look back at it, it's like it's scary and creepy, but it's really not too scary for television, I guess. Well, I think they're remaking it for as a film right now. Oh, really? I think so. Wow, it was just a single film. Um, I believe so. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but if that's true, I'll put some info in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Tony Dakota, the, the actor here will come back for episode, uh, season six, 15 high control. He's just credited as boy. So I guess it's not as big a role on that one. He yeah. Get a t- the title of the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Peter Yunker, who's playing Dr. Richard Giordano, mm-hmm. he previously had as Carlo in rock the cradle. So yeah, yeah. just a terrible father in general. <laughs> uh, Mary Ruth Giordano, who they always call Mary Ruth when yeah. they call her, which I thought was odd um uh played by penny i want to say pazer yeah um the biggest credit i saw for her was a a tv series called crazy like a fox i don't know that one um i don't know either it's got jack warden um like him yeah it it basically it's like a family of private detectives and their their last name is fox okay and so it's just that's just the hijinks ensue in my head jack warden will always be Artie lang and norm mcdonald's dad from dirty work that's always like the first jack warden role that i think of because he's just so funny in that mm-hmm. movie it's ridiculous he, he was the grandfather in um uh problem child right yes he was that's true <laughs> that one too yeah he's like a cowboy used car salesman yeah, character. yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a good character actor he, like he's he's always really good in the yeah. roles that he plays He's not in this episode, though. No, he's not. We should, we he's on be. a show called Crazy Like a Fox <laughs> with the woman who plays Tommy Giordano's mother. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we pretty much already kind of covered that they come out of the courthouse, and uh, Tommy tells the father that they're going to the aquarium together. Um, he has to speak with his son alone. Mm-hmm. So they step off to the side, and Richard, like, we already see kind of the problems between them a little bit when he just says... Well, you know how mom gets crazy and she can't handle things. Yeah. <laughs> when that happens, you could just give me a call and I'll come get you. It's not a problem. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode that really bothers me as a, as a child of divorce. But <laughs> as, a, as an ACOD? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the first line, I think, too, is he's just like, can't we just call the divorce off? And he's like... Yeah, I want to. Yeah, but want you to. know your mom. Yeah, and it's like it's a hundred percent. This is all fault. your mom's fault. <laughs> uh, so we immediately kind of cut to this really kind of fancy villa mansion, right? Uh, where uh, we meet Doctor No. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's amazing. Joseph Wiseman as Joe Catano, mm-hmm. but AKA pre- previously played Doctor Doctor No. no. Um, I did not recognize him at all. Like, I think he looks a lot like really? Dr. No. Yeah. Hey, it's just, I mean, I've seen Dr. No a lot, but me, I just never really, like, took note of his facial features. Yeah. Playing a very different character, but uh, he's he's definitely, like, a Godfather-esque, right. like, you know, typical Italian monster. Well, 
at first I thought that he was playing like a Don Corleone, but it actually feels like he's playing one of the other crime family like heads mm. because in The Godfather, spoiler alert, the Godfather dies. <laughs> and it's about who's taking his place. And so in this story, the the head of another crime family has recently passed and his son is kind of the hot-headed Sonny Corleone who wants to move into narcotics even mm. though all these crime family fathers had decided they didn't want to be a part of that because mm. it's a dirty business and and you know it hurts yeah it hurts kids and that and that's Don, what and Don Corleone was always about like the victimless crimes like we can do gambling we can mm. do prostitution but the drugs like ruin people yeah and they ruin families and it's not a reason for us to not that you know i'm mm. pretty sure gambling and prostitution have ruined families too no never <laughs> but uh but corleone didn't see it that way uh and that's how and, that, and that's uh joe uncle joe katano's take on this is that his he never wanted to move into drugs yeah but now that his ri- biggest rival the vaccaro family the vaccaro family patriarch has died yeah his son is like all about it and also about taking out Joe Catano as a rival. Um, even though like Joe's like, I'm an old man. I don't know why he would even bother trying to put a hit out on yeah. me. He's just, cause he doesn't respect me at all as a, as a head of a family at all. Cause he thinks I'm old. Right. So I just, why not just let, let me just die. Yeah. Um, and Joe Catano was telling this to, I guess his, his right hand man, uh, you know, that it was a term for, well, it's, he's basically the consigliere Polly. Yeah, so that that's like that's like the crime family's prime minister, right? Yeah. Or or uh, just like the family attorney. He's mm-hmm. like the Robert Duvall character in in Godfather. Okay. Uh yeah, so he's kind of advising him and uh he he even advises him, well, you know, narcotics is a pretty pretty lucrative business yeah, and, he's, and he's almost the like the grand vizier here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of a Jafar in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but uh, as they're talking, uh, Richard walks in. And Joe is certainly surprised to see him. Yeah. Because uh, the last time he did see him was when Tommy was born and Richard had asked him to leave. Yeah. Uh, he, he Joe refers to it as the bum's rush. Yeah. Which is a, a term I don't hear very often. Yeah. But uh, I, I enjoyed hearing it. And their relationship, it seems like previous to now, was more like the relationship with Don Corleone and Michael Corleone. Mm. Where he was like, I don't want anything to do with the crime stuff. I don't want that to taint my family, so just stay away from me. Right, but also, but now I appreciate all the money that's involved, and I do want to use that yeah. to help myself. And, and my... we kind of touched on that, too, in the previous like Mafia episode in the first season, mm-hmm. when we had the Romanus brothers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he basically said, like, oh, yeah, you, you were happy to take Dad's money for your education, but mm-hmm. now that you don't need anything from us, like you just turn around and pretend you're not a part of the family. Yeah. You don't act like you don't know where the money came from. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Richard has been kind of just, like, just asking for handouts when he needs them. And now he needs Joe and his contacts to help get his son back. Yeah. And and Joe is immediately, like, suspicious of everything that this guy has to say. Yeah. And he starts, like, kind of interrogating. Was like, it's like, you know, he got tells him about the divorce. And Joe's all, well, tell me the truth. Did you did you run did around, you run on, around her? on her? Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you, did you hit her? He's like, no, no, no. He, he she ran around on me with this MacGyver guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, he, he he's just saying like, oh no, she lied about me in court, and they believed it, and they took my son away for no reason. And Joe's sympathetic to that. Like, he's like, well, they can't do that. Yeah. 
And then, and then he starts to describe his kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, she, he looks just like mama, and he's, you know, he's great. And then Joe starts to back off, and he's like, ah, you should have stopped when you yeah. had me. Like, you've always been the guy that, like, just tries to win everybody over to your side, and you're not afraid to make things up. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he still believes everything about the court yeah. proceedings having been unfair and about how he deserves custody, and he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's... I think, well, given the speech that he gives later about family is everything... Yeah. That that he he's he he's maybe feels forced to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, and maybe figure things out for himself. Because worst case scenario, he takes the kid and they're together, he'll figure it out sooner or later and then he'll just well, let's give the kid back. Yeah. Like he's got the power to do those yeah. kinds of and things. And he actually cares about his family. Mm-hmm. So he says that he'll arrange or assist to arrange the abduction. Of this child. And he says, you know, as luck would have it, I'm on my way to Canada tonight. Mm-hmm. So it, it would it would be uh, two birds with one stone for us to just disappear overnight. Yeah. Um, because his plan to avoid the Vaccaro family is to is to just get out of the country. Right. Before they can put a hit out on him. Because you can't kill someone in Canada. It's a fact. <laughs> it's illegal in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh Turns out. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who would have thought it? <laughs> uh, so now we're at the aquarium and uh, MacGyver's is kind of like... MacGyver looks really bored, first yeah. of all. Like, he doesn't seem like he... Like, the kid's really into it. And and Tony Dakota, he's sometimes really on the mark and sometimes not as yeah. far as his, his line delivery. But he's got a very expressive face. Yeah, And, yeah. like, that makes up for it, I feel. Yeah. Um. And so he's just like in awe looking at the aquarium and I'm sure they're just actually getting his reactions to like seeing sharks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, this is great. Um, and so he has to run on ahead, which I think is suspicious that his mom was so willing to say, oh yeah, go on. Yeah, and she keeps saying like, oh, I'm so nervous. And mm-hmm. the MacGyver's like, why? And she's like, well, because, you know, i never done this by myself. And I, and it's like, oh, I thought you meant you were nervous because your husband's crazy and he was going to yeah. take your kid. <laughs> I, I've never been on my own, and my husband always told me that I wasn't worth anything. Yeah. And so she's just, she just has a lot of confidence issues. But clearly she has all the confidence in the world for her kid to go off by himself. Yeah. And then immediately get kidnapped by yep. trench coat guys. Yeah. And the guy that picks him up looks like kind of a, a cross between, you know who Don Fry is? <laughs> No. The guy from Final Wars that was the oh, American. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like a cross between <laughs> that guy and G. Gordon Liddy <laughs> to me. <laughs> Who G. Gordon Liddy already looks like. <laughs> yeah. But he just picks the kid up and just runs for it out of the aquarium. Yeah, yeah they head out of like a, a side fire escape to like a loading dock area. But to make sure that we know she's not an irresponsible parent, before he gets picked up, she says, oh, where's Tommy? Okay, he's over there. So mm-hmm. it's like... It's not like she just walked away and didn't have eyes on him. She saw him when they picked him up. Yeah. And, you know, she they chase after him. She's screaming, that's my that's my boy. They're taking my boy. Yeah. And, I've abandoned my child. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, and MacGyver actually gets out to the vehicle that they're taking him in because Richard Giordano is out there and Tommy is less scared now that he sees his father. But as and, soon as MacGyver gets out the door... There's a guy waiting to yeah, just, just suck, yeah. sucker punch him in the face. Punches him, and then they th- grab him and throw him into the glass. I mean, it doesn't break it, but, it, but face it, first. It seems like the kid thinks at this point that it was like a hilarious joke. Like, ha, yeah. you thought you were getting kidnapped, but it's just me, your dad. <laughs> just me, your dad. Anyway, let's go to Uncle Joe's house. Let's go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
uh, yeah, so they drive off, and uh, now it's so weird this aquarium uh, because like you were you were showing, pointing out that the 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 yeah, the waiting cops, room yeah, or the conference room that they're in. Yeah, there's a conference table with chairs all around it, but we're still the walls are still like Windows. aquarium tanks. Yeah, there's there's like an orca swimming by the. It's like Steve Zissou. Yeah, like when he, when he's trying to talk and you just see like the orca like doing all kinds of dancing and yeah, stuff yeah, in the yeah. background. <laughs> um, but the police feel like they can't do anything or just are lazy and don't want to do anything. Yeah, they're saying the divorce proceedings were this morning. So the paperwork isn't 100% filed yeah. yet. So her custody isn't completely in place enough for them to pursue this as a kidnapping and yeah. not just a marital dispute between two parents of a child. In which a child has been taken, I guess not against his will, because once he saw his father, he was like totally okay with it. But but I mean, nobody knows that that, that part of it happened yeah. except for them. I mean, I guess the better play would have been to say, two men took my child. Yeah. And we don't know where they're going, but we have a suspicion where they're going. Yeah. Uh, then maybe the police would have done something. But at this point, they didn't even have a suspicion where they were going. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's when they head over to the Phoenix Foundation. Right. And this is uh, the like kind of like the one moment that we get with Pete besides the ending. But uh, Pete had done a full background check because Mary Ruth works for the Phoenix Foundation. I don't know if we mentioned that. Right. Um, and as they do, they do... Oh, he's just a friend from work. He's just a friend from work. I see him every day. I see him more than I see you. Yeah. Um, also, you don't want to mess around with a surgeon. Because I feel like they have instruments. Uh, instruments of pain <laughs> and torture. at home. <laughs> they might. In case you need to perform a surgery in your house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those are pretty expensive utensils, I assume. Surgeons don't get Not if you get them used. What I, from what I know, surgeons are paid very poorly. <laughs> Uh, so the Phoenix Foundation did a full background check, not only on Mary Ruth, but also on Richard Her Giordano. extended family, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did notice that Richard had ties to the Catano crime family. And he asked her if she knows who Uncle Joe is. And she mentions that, oh yeah, there was a Joe who came to when Tommy was born, but Richard was quick to get him out of there. Yeah, he brought a giant teddy bear. Which it's, it's, it's kind of weird to me that she remembers that, because it was nine years ago. But it was a giant teddy bear. I would remember yeah. that part. You remember the giant yeah. teddy bear? The guy yeah. who brought a giant teddy bear and then left? Yeah. And then suddenly my husband was like, uh, you get out of here. And it's like, he brought a giant gift for the kid. Like, mm -hmm. why are you being so mean to him? Uh, so. But then Pete explains that this this person that she remembers as Uncle Joe was Joe Katana, who is the, the undisputed head of the Katana mm -hmm. crime family. Which, I guess, didn't hurt her chances yeah, of, of being, moving into the Phoenix Foundation. What if she knew about it? Yeah, and and they say, oh, oh, well, according to our, our research, Richard had cut ties to the family. Well, they must not have researched very hard because they paid for his college and medical school. Yeah, and he came to when your baby was born. Yeah, and the also the second that he was in any kind of trouble, he went straight to them. Mm -hmm. I, I I feel that this background check was not thorough. Yeah, but then suddenly Tommy called. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he had called the switchboard or something and asked for his mom and yeah, they passed it. When MacGyver's through. like dying from like some random poison injection, he can't get through to Pete to save yeah. his life. But this kid is just, you know, playing hopscotch on the phone and randomly dials Pete's desk. Yeah. Um, and Helen like puts him through and he's like, I just called to say goodbye, mom. 
And like she's all, like, goodbye, what do you mean? Where are you going? And he's like, oh, we're going to Uncle Joe's ranch. I thought you knew. And then Richard is immediate to hang up the phone yeah. on the other end. And I still don't know, like, how they found, how they know about the ranch. Like, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment, but... Uh, well, I mean, it might just be in their file on the Katano crime family. Yeah. These, but if it's in their family. file, it's not hiding very well. If, if it's like... If, well, the Phoenix Foundation has more resources than other crime families would. Do they? Well, I mean, I mean apparently sure not, they... because the, the other crime families are already at the new house, yeah. too, so... But, which, by the way, every time we see the exterior of the Katano household, we get this, like, very minute change on the on uh, Nino Rota's love theme from The Godfather, which <laughs> is, like, it's the Godfather theme, not not the Godfather waltz, like, the main one, but the love theme specifically goes, like... But the first five notes are the same it's like <laughs> yeah it's just a slight hint to it yeah you can get away with five notes without copyright infringement right that's that's the mark and then 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 you're safe uh so tommy meets uncle joe and uh you know joe's saying is like enticing him he's like oh i've got horses up in canada and i think you i think we're gonna be good friends yeah and Tommy's just, like, such an easygoing kid. Yeah, he seems to be happy with whoever's taking care of them as long as they're, you know, treating him like a person. Yeah. Um, and so Joe, Richard, and Tommy head out, and Paul kind of, like, escorts them to the limo that's going to be heading to a private jet. Right, but then gets in a separate car himself. Yeah, he gets in a separate car and immediately makes a phone call to the rival crime family, the Vaccaros. Right. And says, everything's being arranged, all of security uh, let you in. And then you can take everybody out. Yeah. It's like if the consigliere and the Godfather had turned out he was working for Mo Green the whole time. Mm-hmm. So this is supposed to be a shocking revelation. That yeah. He's, he's not on the same team. Even though we've already kind of got a hint of it that... He's not as upset about narcotics as, yeah. as Katano and, is. And I thought it was especially hurting when he, when he tells uh, Joe Katano, your private jet is ready. I'll be taking a commercial flight later. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... He doesn't even get to ride in the jet. He's like your top guy. Yeah. He's like he's your he's your Bob to your Jack Nicholson Joker. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're just not even letting him on the plane. Oh well. And he and he says like this guy's so efficient. I could sleep all day. Like he's so proud of the work that Paul does for him. Yeah. Uh, he's been on autopilot for too long. Yeah. So MacGyver and Mary Ruth. Sorry, I I just want to say Mary. Yeah. Uh, meet with an FBI agent named George Kaplan. In Joe Catano's front yard. In his front yard. There's still, right after these limos left. There's still goons walking around with guns. Yeah. Like armed goons. Yeah. Um, George Kaplan, who you might be familiar with as <laughs> the name that Cary Grant is confused for um, in yeah. North by Northwest. Yeah. They, they think that he is George Kaplan when he's not. He's not. This he, guy. Yeah. This guy is This George guy Kaplan. is George Kaplan? <laughs> Yeah, still um, around somehow. And uh, he's telling them that uh, they're on their way to Canada. They know that about the plane. And usually what would happen in this case is that someone would hire a private investigator to go in and snatch the child back. That's actually what, like, Dog the Bounty Hunter used to do, would be to go to other countries to get, like, kidnapping victims home. Really? Yeah. But because it's, you know, an international thing, they're, they're saying that it would be difficult to 
extradite, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the case with Canada. I think Canada's pretty close with America yeah. in terms of like government relationship. I don't think extradition is impossible from Canada. Right. But they're just saying it's international law. It, you know, it's Chinatown. Don't, yeah. don't bother. I, I think that the tricky thing would be even if you go and snatch the kid back, the kid's not going to know who you are. And if you try to take him across the border and he causes a problem for right. you. Um, so Ka- Kaplan says that the only way to, to do it legally would be if Mary Ruth went. Yeah, but it seems weird because he says – the first thing he says is what people usually do in your situation is hire a bounty hunter, even though that's apparently completely illegal. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But it's like, if that's going to get the, your kid back, then why wouldn't she do that? And mm-hmm. it's like, just because MacGyver's the one getting him back from the crime family doesn't mean he has to take the kid across the border. Yeah, just like, get him somewhere just, safe. Yeah, just go up there, get the kid, bring him somewhere, and then she'll take him across the border. Because but, I'm assuming that this is Vancouver area, given that they're supposed to be in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's like, possible. That, that that they didn't fly to, like, Calgary Toronto, or yeah. something like that, you know? The whole other side of the country. Uh. I, and I also, like, well, we'll get into that too with, with the motel clerk, but... Right. Um, so the plan is then Mary's going to go with them, with MacGyver, mm-hmm. and they're both going to get the kid. It definitely looks like Vancouver when they get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always want them to say when they say, we're going to go to Canada, just have someone go, what? <laughs> but we're... In, we're, we're, sh- sh- we're already, nope, nope, nope. We're going there. We're going to Canada. But the aquarium was in... Was in Vancouver. No, no, it wasn't. It was in Los Angeles, and we're going to Canada now. <laughs> we have never been to that place. <laughs> so now we're at the ranch, and uh, Joe and Tommy kind of go for a walk. And Tommy's like, Grant, Uncle Joe, why are there so many guys with guns? Yeah, and then he says, oh, well, you know, there's two kinds of people in this world. Some of them spend their whole lives trying to earn things, and some of them spend their whole lives trying to take things away from people. Mm-hmm. But what he really means is some people try to take things their whole lives and then other people try to take those things back. Yeah. <laughs> I try to prevent that other thing. <laughs> uh, so, again, somehow Mary Ruth and MacGyver are there at the ranch as well at, yeah. on the edge of the property. Yeah. They're, looking on. They've, they've found the place. They're on a car with binoculars watching. And they can see Tommy from here. Mm-hmm. But they can also see the opposing crime family through yeah. the woods. Even though there's like... Dudes posted with guns all over this house with binoculars, presumably themselves. Right. They don't see anybody watching the house. Well, we also don't know how many of these guards are compromised. Yeah, like that's true. Because um, Polly could have hired all of them, so maybe mm-hmm. they're all crooked. Uh, they they can't all be crooked only because they because have to. Of what ki- happens later? Yeah, but but we could we could probably determine at least some of them are. Uh, so Joe takes him like uh, Tommy for like a little bit of a horse ride. Like he's yeah. he's on the horse, but the horse is being guided by the 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 trainer. I right. guess would be the yeah. word. And uh, they're kind of talking. They have a weird conversation. Horse family is everything with horses. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's how it should be with the Katano family. Yeah. Um, but Joe kind of like casually asks Tommy about his mom, and Tommy gives like his like unbiased, slight opinion of like. She's really funny, except she cries a lot when Dad's around. And I think she's really smart, but don't tell Dad that. Yeah, because um, uh, she messes up when Dad's around because he makes her nervous. Yeah. And Joe's kind of like, yeah, I can understand this. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was this just, checks out. Yep. Your dad's a jerk. But this is like like the first 
there's going to be three strikes that yeah. Richard gets. This is strike one. This is almost strike two and yeah. four because that that first moment when he he asks for the favor and yeah. he kind of like overdoes the flattery part of it. Uh, at at a uh, so MacGyver and Mary follow the Vaccaro's men to a nearby hotel motel. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and they see that they go into room number nine, and so they MacGyver says, "Well, let's check into the room next door." But you have to like back me up, and when we go to the talk to the motel clerk, I was yeah. like, "Okay, what's this gonna mean?" Yeah. So MacGyver goes into this long BS about why they need room number ten. Yeah, he he asks for he says, "Yeah, we, we need room number 10. and he's like, "Yeah, they're all the same," and just throws a random key up at him. Mm-hmm. But if room number ten's available, I feel like the guy yeah. would have just given him, "Okay, here's yeah. 10. But he doesn't, and he says they're all the same, and then he goes, "Yeah, he goes off on this numerology yeah. rant." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was trying to think of a phrase for it. Like, it's like I was trying because I was writing the sentence. I was gonna say MacGyver sweet talks his way into getting the room next door. I was like, it's not really sweet talk. And I, I coined it. I just said bizarre talk. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like you know, any room number that's not divisible by two or five just cosmically messes us. Yeah. And 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 at that point, I wish they had been like, well, ten's taken, so here's twenty, <laughs> as far as you can get from the people you're trying to track. Uh, but I, he gives them the key to 10. I, I always like... It's very similar to a scene in... Uh, a couple of scenes, actually, in No Country. Yeah. For old men. When they keep looking at the room chart and looking for the rooms like that are adjacent or behind or nearby this one particular room. Yeah. Uh, it's exactly what... It's pretty much almost the same stuff is going on in this, in this scene. Yeah. Because he wants the room next door just so he can hear what's going on. And uh, their plan is to... Tap into their phone uh, through the walls. Yeah, and it, at first it's like I don't get how MacGyver's doing this because he like just opens up the phone jack and starts pulling out wires, and then he starts fishing the line over to the other phone jack, and I'm like, no, like like he's gonna like lasso this phone jack and hook up these wires, but luckily the writers are so intelligent that they've already like MacGyver's saying okay. The wires are in place. Now I need to get into their room to hook it up. Yeah. It's like, that makes more sense. Yeah. But even then, it seems weird that you would e- there would be any way to connect these things that you can hear what someone's saying into their phone in the next room over on your phone in your room mm-hmm. and the signal still getting well, to I the think, people they're talking I, I guess to. he splices the wires together. I guess, yeah. Um, and he also takes the microphone out of their phone so you can't accidentally, accidentally say something or they won't sure, hear the line yeah, pick yeah, up. Yeah. Um, although I think you would still hear the receiver... The, the the drop of voltage you hear the right uh, from another line being picked up and when we we see as MacGyver's fishing this line through the wall we're we're seeing the henchman in the room next door watching a hockey game mm-hmm. this is a hockey game that MacGyver is coaching <laughs> um, when uh, when I was watching it I I uh, heard I was listening to the the first thing that caught my attention was that they said Fred Thompson. And then I remembered that we made a Fred Thompson joke on the podcast before mm-hmm. when when Fred Thompson was mentioned in the the episode Thin Ice. Because of the, the senator or yeah, the senator. representative or um, slash actor. Yeah. And then uh, and then at the end of it they said something about the Mustangs. And I was like, I forget, was the Mustangs a real team or did we decide that that was made up for the show? Mm-hmm. And so then I rewound it and listened to it again and they're talking about whether Kirby is right for the Mustangs. And I was like, yeah. wait, this is just a clip from Thin Ice. <laughs> MacGyver's coaching this game that's on TV, and he's here in the hotel next door. Like, this guy's just amazing. Or it's a rerun. (laughs) 
wasn't this game like a year ago? Yeah. Um, but it's great that, that they have enough footage that they can just insert their own footage onto TVs. Yeah. And, and instead of actually having to like license other footage. <laughs> yeah. Because we'll see that again. Uh, yeah, like next two more week? episodes. No, two weeks from yeah, now. Yeah, two weeks from now. Um, meanwhile, at the at the ranch, Uncle Joe is kind of teaching Tommy how to make uh, a marinara sauce, right. as as you would as an Italian. Yeah, like you got to taste the sauce. Yeah, there's this scene is in you know Goodfellas, Godfather, mm-hmm. every like crime family movie. Um, meanwhile, Richard uh, is on the phone. And he's like trying to negotiate a rate, a percentage. He keeps talking about a percentage. Yeah, it seems like he want, he's negotiating his percentage as partner at some firm overseas. Mm-hmm. And Tommy comes up and says, oh, you know, Dad, can I call Mom? He's like, I'm on the phone. Or at a practice, I guess. Yeah. He's a surgeon, not a lawyer. Emerson's all, and Tommy's all, oh, I mean when you're finished. He's being so polite. Yeah. Like He's still talking over a phone conversation. That kid deserves a backhand. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be mistaken. <laughs> Um, and Richard, like, takes, like, a moment from the phone call and goes, look, I gave you everything you need. You got toys, you got horses to ride, you took you to Canada, new clothes. You got a lot of stuff, right? Everything's great? Yeah. Yeah, yeah everything's then fine. Then stop whining okay. about it. Why do we got to keep talking about mom? <laughs> and Joe is just like, like, so Tommy is like, hangs his head down and walks away. And Joe does this thing where, because he's got, like, a standard, like, and you're in the kitchen, you got, like, a towel draped over your shoulder. Yeah. He takes it, he whips it down so hard that it, like, like rat tails like a garbage can. You just hear the poing. Yeah. Um, and he cur- grabs the phone from Richard and slams it down. And Richard's all, I was on the phone with Vienna. I was like, Vienna? You're taking the kid to Vienna? You just took him from his mom and now you're taking him to a country where they don't even speak English? Yeah. <laughs> I love, like, that's his concern. Yeah. They don't speak English in Vienna. Well, I, I don't think it's like a xenophobic thing. I think it's more like this kid's going to be so out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, why did you want the kid anyway? He's like, because he's mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's strike two. Yeah, he's like, he's not a tie or a sweater. He's just a kid. Uh. And yeah, so, I'll pack a sweater. Yeah, I'll no pack less. a sweater. Well, because he, he grabs the sweater he grabs and he's like, it, yeah. Yeah, like, I like if he kind of grabs like, or an alpaca sweater. He's like feeling it, like, it's, it's really like, nice. Actually, can we trade? <laughs> and you, you give me this sweater. Uh, so, now at the motel, MacGyver uh, breaks into the apartment when the goons go out to get some dinner. And so, Mary's kind of keeping watch. Yeah. And uh, he's in there kind of hooking up the phone lines. I want the number of this Chinese restaurant they go to because they get their food instantly. Yeah, it's, it's, maybe they called it in. It's a big bag of food, though. Yeah, it's a big bag. And yeah, so they, they are just immediately back. MacGyver, just to, to give you an idea, MacGyver doesn't have enough time to t- twist some wires together and put a thing back. Yeah. Two minutes, that's all he really needed. Um, so MacGyver is forced to hide in the, in the motel room. And when the goons come back in, so Mary has to create a distraction. So she just destroys her room. Yeah. She just pretends like she's having like a dispute with her husband on the other side. But the goons don't see it that way. Yeah. They're all, sounds like someone is in love, man. Like yeah. screaming, no, stop, get away. Smashing yeah. lamps. Yeah. The, these guys have a kind of... A, Twisted interpretation of love. Yeah. So... Uh, She's forced now to like actually come out of the apartment and bang on their door, yeah, to get them to come into her room because they're not they're not following. They're not the falling bait. for it, and so this gives MacGyver time to like slip out, and 
and she says her husband's crazy and he's 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 gonna come back and he's hurt me before yeah i almost wondering if she's like channeling her husband maybe like that, that <laughs> although from what we know he wasn't physically abused. that's true but that doesn't mean he didn't like throw things and not hit her with them. yeah exactly so uh he gets back into their room but the goons and the goons get the call now yeah. they got the call that there's a take a van to make it look like a food delivery. Yeah, he says, look out your window. There's a van there. Take that van. It's almost like the phone call at the beginning of the Matrix. Like, oh yeah. my god, how did you do that? <laughs> Go now, Neil. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver just kind of climbs up onto the roof of the van, which we the, see that it's winter here. The and very it's beginning of this shot, we should mention, there's a weird Oh, fade. yeah, yeah. He first says, okay, go get in the van. The two guys walk out into the parking lot. One of them climbs into the driver's side. One of them opens the door on the back mm-hmm. and gets in the back of the van. There's a cut here, but it's a cut to the exact same shot from the same angle. Right. Only there's not a guy in the back of the van, which it's not like he disappears. Like, we can't see into the van. The mm-hmm. only reason we know there's not someone in the van anymore is because they fade from the first shot to the second shot, and the van lifts, like, three yeah. inches. I, at first, I thought that it was, like, a safety thing that there was nowhere to... Like seatbelt the guy in in the back of the van, and like because of like unions and everything, that mm-hmm. they would have been like, all right, we can't move the van with him just free floating in the back of it. So, yeah. you guys climb into the van, then we'll cut. You guys get out, and then we'll pull the van out mm-hmm. so that everyone has a seatbelt on. If it was like literally just like safety regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, either way, MacGyver climbs the ladder on the back and gets up on top of the van, which they definitely would have heard inside, but they don't. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they would have heard it, but. They didn't. So, plus it's also it's also winter in Canada and night. It's gotta be cold driving yeah. through that air. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Mary runs to the motel clerk, who's like completely like in his own world reading this magazine, and she screams, "I need the police!" And the guy just flips out like, yeah. "Lady, you're giving me a heart attack." You cannot sneak up on me like this. Um, he says that there are no police. And she's like, okay, then I need all the money in the register. <laughs> he tells her that there's a Mountie base yeah. that's that's nearby, and it's, but it's an hour away. Yeah. So she says, well, then call them uh, and tell them to get down to the Catano, Catano Ranch. Ranch. Which is so public that you could just yeah. say the Catano Ranch. They know exactly they know what exactly they're talking about. Uh, so the van pulls up to the ranch, and... They immediately kill the first guy that they see at the gate. Yeah, the 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 guard man like opens the back of the van to inspect it, and mm-hmm. they just you know silencers shoot yeah. him in the face. Ugh. And so as they're dragging the body away, MacGyver kind of climbs back off the van. And we're getting this sort of Fletch esque mm-hmm. score that we haven't heard since I think Kill Zone. Yeah, uh, and he even does kind of like a. I don't think well Eddie Murphy did it in Beverly Hills Cop, but. Uh, I don't think Fletch ever did this, something like this, but he, he clogs the tailpipe. Right, yeah. Um, Wraps and, his jacket around it. Yeah, and, and he, like, shoves it into the into the pipe. And, and you can see him, like, like like it's burning him when he's trying to do it. He kind of goes, yeah. you know? like Because... Yeah. Um, uh, Artie is really good at selling the, like, ow, this hurts. This yeah. hurts what I'm doing right now. Um, I always remember in um, Golden Triangle... When they pull this Jeep up and this kid just immediately just grabs the tailpipe of this yeah. Jeep. I was like, ah! don't touch that, don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so they uh, he clogs the tailpipe and 
and so he he starts the way the car reacts seems wrong to me because it's immediate and it wouldn't yeah. be immediate it, yeah. it would the car would start i feel yeah. but then as you started to give it gas and and more exhaust got clogged up in the in the system the pressure would need time to build up right uh, but so they need uh they they got the gate open and they all climb back into the car and they're getting ready to move on into mm-hmm. the property but it's like it won't even start up. Yeah. It's like that wouldn't really affect that part of the like the ignition wouldn't be the problem. But yeah. either way, they they can't get the car to start, and immediately they check inside the hood instead of walking around the car to see what else is up. Mm-hmm. Well, I I have to admit I wouldn't know what was wrong. Yeah. Also, though, if I opened up the hood, I'd be like, "Yep, I don't know what any of this stuff is." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> um, no, that's the gas tank. Also, weird side story. My car has the weirdest windshield wiper fluid containment system. It's basically like there's like a, it's like the size of a, like a small coin purse. Yeah. And you just look at it like, there's no way that holds windshield wiper fluid. That's because it's like a tube that goes way down underneath the car and all the way to the back. It's like, why not just have so the, bizarre. Why not just have it fill it up in the back? Why do I, why do you have to have like this long traveling system to fill it up? That's very weird. Any uh, other uh, Mini Cooper drivers out there? Check for this. Yeah. This ribbon of fluid. Yeah, it's. I was like, eh, I don't get this. Um, there's also a lot of blue liquids under the hood, and there's because there's one that says "Not windshield wiper fluid." I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Do not drink. <laughs> don't drink any of these fluids. Never drink any any fluids from your car. No matter how thirsty you are. <laughs> that didn't work for Mr. Green in a in a Quantum Assault. <laughs> So, uh, MacGyver makes his way into the ranch, and he locks the door that he, he comes in through, but then to make extra security, he... Ties it off. T- with ties it off with a phone another cord. Another phone cord. Like a flesh tone phone cord. Oh, yeah. It's such a weird-looking phone. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, have a, I have that exact same phone at home. Oh, yeah? It's like, it's from the 80s back when... Uh, when we first moved into our house, yeah, we keep it in the house just because um, all the phones we have right now are all um, wireless. Oh, okay. And when the the phone line go, or the power goes out, that's the only one that works. Yeah, you can only you still can you can't plug into the phone line. Yeah. We also still have a landline, which most people don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so MacGyver kind of like makes his way around while the the van has finally blown out the rag that's holding it, the the exhaust pipe closed. And so they make their way up, and they give the two honk signal that they're in position. And uh, so two goons go to check uh, – two Gatano's goons, that is to say. Right. Go to check on the delivery while Polly gets his gun ready. Right. And the two guys who go to check for delivery get shot immediately. Yeah. And uh, Polly then pulls his gun on Joe, and Joe's kind of like – like kind of does – is like that uh, – was it Fredo? Like – was you and you always knew it was you or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I knew like, it was you. Did, uh, did he say that? He, he he was suspicious of Polly? No, no. He just says they got to you too. Yeah. Because um, he says, like, I got a message from the Vaccaro family. Uh, but MacGyver sneaks up behind Paul and just pulls the recliner yeah. lever on a chair. <laughs> so, that the, so that the legs come out of the chair and catch him in the back of the calves yeah. that like fold his knees back so that he just falls into the chair and throws the gun across the room. It's like, this is the most comfortable takedown I've ever had. Yeah. Like, uh, MacGyver was worried about just knocking him to the ground. He's like, mm-hmm. I want him to have a comfortable landing. Because then I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. 
And he knocks him unconscious. Yep. MacGyver is the master of the one-punch knockout. Yeah. His fist must be stone. Yeah. Um, even though he always says that, did, did he get one of those in this um, episode? I, I don't actually, I don't remember if he did. He yeah. usually, yeah. usually tosses it in there. Um, but now Joe has the gun and he's like, who are you? He's like, I'm MacGyver. I'm here to get Tommy. And luckily Richard and Tommy come downstairs hearing the commotion and Tommy seeing MacGyver verifies his identity. Yeah. He goes, MacGyver. Yeah. Um, and runs to him. Um, would have been better if he called him dad and like just a <laughs> hammer. New home. dad. New dad. Un- Uncle MacGyver. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Joe is saying we gotta go down. We can go downstairs and hide because eh, there's sure there's, there's sure to be more guys coming because they can hear the two guys trying to break in through the phone cord door. Yeah. Um, rather than try, I don't know any other door in the house. Yeah. And where do you go when people are breaking in and you want to get away? The basement. The basement. Every time. The the, the room that has no exit. Yep. Um, Richard, however, but a lot of wine. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, however, is like, this is your fight, not mine. I'm getting out of here. It's like without the kid. And so Joe just takes the gun and just gun punches him, like like holds it sideways and just bam cracks him in the face, right in the face. That was strike three. Yeah, and four if you count the gun. But also his face. like he's like you don't even care about your son, and it's like yeah, you're my nephew. That's why I don't care about you. Like these yeah. men are coming in here to kill all of us, and I'm gonna leave you unconscious on the floor. Mm-hmm. So he knocks he knocks him out, and then. Uh, MacGyver and Tommy and Joe go downstairs. Yeah, no, no, they're the they're the last ones standing. And as soon as they get downstairs, Joe Joe grabs a gun mm-hmm. to defend himself. And MacGyver's like, "There's too many of them. You don't want to bother with that." And it's like, "No, oh, there's, there's there's only three, there's, and one of them's unconscious already. So there's really only two. Yeah, there's not there's not enough guys. Oh, but I guess the, the there, there is a third one. Yeah, there's Polly's, a third. Polly's waking up now on the chair. Um, so MacGyver has a plan to, uh, use some of the, uh, cause there's like a wet bar down there. Yeah. So he uses some bar materials. I'm not quite sure what he's doing, but he's mixing like wine and, and other chemicals that when make it, like a noxious fume. Yeah. When electrically charged will explode into a, a cloud of smoke. Right. Um, so he rigs this all up to Tommy's robot. Uh, he's got like the two bears. Which we knew was going to. Play a part in here. Yeah, but, like, you can't not have the robot as part of the plot at this point. At the beginning of the episode, he's playing with it outside the courthouse. And then later on, I don't think we touched on the scene, but he's playing with it. And Joe's like, oh, this is great. How does mm-hmm. this thing work? You're such a smart kid. And he's like, yeah, MacGyver gave me a one too. But then the writers realized, oh, but he, he, was a, he wouldn't bring it to the aquarium. So right. there's no way he would have it here. And then they were like, that's why I suggested we buy it again right. when we got to Canada. <laughs> it's like the, the dad, mm-hmm. like... For for not caring about his son, he sure found a store that sold that exact brand of robot again yeah. pretty quickly. Um, also, the, I guess we should mention the importance of that scene that Joe says, how would you like it if I sent you back to see your mom? Right. And and Tommy's all, really? He's super happy. He's like, but w- would it be okay if I called you every now and then? <laughs> he yeah. describes it just to shoot the breeze. Yeah, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to, because he knows the mom probably doesn't want him to be a part of the life. Yeah. And he's like just like, can I just talk to you every once in a while? Like he's trying to make it as compatible as possible with what the mom would want from mm-hmm. him. And, uh, and I was sure that this was like, 
okay, well, Joe's going to die now. Now yeah. that we know that he was a good person and he's he's completely redeemed himself in terms of, like, he's an old man. Mm-hmm. He had this, he's done things wrong in his life, but he wants yeah. to make things right. So now now someone can shoot him and yeah. he can we, be done. Yeah, we, we can feel good about it. Because he has that speech at the beginning and says, I'm going to be dead soon. i got to answer for what I've done. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, this is this is a lot of finality here. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what happens because the two two of the goons come down uh, the same goons from the motel, right? And but they kick the robot, which causes the wires to kind of not be so connected. Yeah, they're so far apart that that they can't. There's arc. not enough voltage to arc, and so uh, MacGyver uses the remote control function of the robot to mm. just crash it into the stairs until yeah. the wires line up again. Which I don't know how he knew that would work. Yeah. Or which which way the robot needed to crash. Well, a- maybe that'll be our Mac fact this week. Percussive maintenance is a, <laughs> has a Wikipedia page. Oh, really? Percussive maintenance is when you hit something to fix it. Oh, man. I had a TV like that. Yeah. The TV, like, after watching it for, like, 30 minutes, it would start to get, like, wavy, and it yeah. would just build up more and more. And so I, I always – my mom always joked about it when I was living at home with her uh, that she – she could hear it because I had a, like a wooden dowel, like a three foot wooden dowel. And I would go whap <laughs> and she'd and hear it. Just turn on. Yeah. And she'd hear it in the middle of the night. Yeah. And she goes, oh, Ricky's watching TV. Yeah. Coincidentally, <laughs> the executive producer of this show is famous for using percussive maintenance on a jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's a, that's a good reference for those who get it. <laughs> We're not, I'm not going to explain it. You have to know. Yeah. So, uh, Mac triggers the robot to explode, right? Which it does, and a, a white cloud of smoke comes out, giving MacGyver and Joe time to spring into action to knock out these guys. MacGyver punches the one. Joe just kind of whips the other one in the face with a silencer. Yeah. Um, which I guess was hard enough to knock him out. Yeah. But uh, while they're tying him up, a third guy manages to sneak in. He's got a much bigger gun, which yeah. with like a two foot silencer yeah. on it. It's gonna be the quietest shot you ever didn't hear. <laughs> You'll be dead before you even know I shot. <laughs> um, but uh, Mary has also made her way now to the to the ranch, and she's like nervously sneaking past all these unconscious and dead bodies. Yeah, she doesn't know which ones are which, and she sees her her ex husband on the floor. Mm-hmm. Might as well be dead. Who knows? Um, and uh, she grabs a skillet. Yep. And while MacGyver and Joe are being held at gunpoint, she sneaks up on the third guy and just whacks him over the head with it. Yeah. Um, is that that's is that probably, sexist? What? Is that sexist? A woman hitting someone with a skillet? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if it was like a vacuum, it would be sexist. <laughs> but then that takes a lot of muscle to <laughs> wheel the vacuum. And a, a woman could never do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh... No, we fully are gender equality here. <laughs> she serves him a burnt roast. <laughs> now that they're all safe and Tommy's been reunited with his mom, Uncle Joe says, don't worry, Richard won't bother you anymore. I'll see to that. Yeah, and I'm like, dead? Yeah. Dead. <laughs> He's going to kill him. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest disappointment at this point is that we have not seen the Mounties. I was like, we're going to get Mounties in an episode? Yeah. Yes. I wonder if that happens ever in the show. I can't remember ever seeing Mounted Police, but even if, like, 
you got like fake because we've seen fake police, fake fake LAPD. Yeah, I think it would be awesome to see fake Mounties. Well, the problem though is that the LAPD have cars, so they can get places faster. But they have horses. But the Mounties have to ride their horses to the Catano Ranch. That's true. Probably a way out in the middle. I'm sure that they have cars. Nope. They just have horses. But they also had horses in an earlier scene, so... If they have cars, they have to be mounted on the cars. (laughs) It's a weird technicality, but they they have to be mounted on whatever mode of transportation they indulge in. Yeah. Um, I was really upset that we didn't get to see any Mounties. Yeah. Um, But then the Act 5 roundup is so many loose ends. Yep. Because they don't mention if there's going to be a relationship with Papa... I keep wanting to say Papa Joe. um, Uncle Joe. And... They don't mention what happened to Richard or the custody battle, yeah. if that's still a thing. And they insinuate that when she hit that guy in the head with a skillet that she killed him. Because yeah. Dana Elkar's like, so, how'd it feel to polish off a hitman? Yeah. It's like, polish off means, like, you he's killed done. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Pete tries to control the robot and makes a mess, and everyone has a good laugh. At Pete's expense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes Dana Elkar... I think that's why he gets the action episode sometimes. Yeah. Like, so it's like... Because he's not always just like this... Old, old, old kind of heavyset guy yeah. who just keeps screwing things up. Um, and uh, and that's it. Like, that's the episode. It's like, I want to know what happens with Papa... Uh, Uncle Joe. What? Is he okay? Like, is he part of the family? Are Vercaros still going to kill him? Yeah, I think I think basically what what we can understand from the show is that um, he he's probably invited to at least communicate with his his grand nephew mm-hmm. or great grand nephew. I don't forget how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, probably forbidden from interacting with him in person until the rival family stops trying to kill him. No, the rival family will will kill him probably soon if time doesn't. But then yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I have to say, I like this episode better the second time yeah. around. The first time I watched it, I was like, ugh, this is, this is infuriating. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think I, I got into it a little bit more the second go around. Mostly because I think I realized that Joseph Wiseman was Dr. No. <laughs> I was like, that changed it all. For now you. I'm invested. I am 100% into well, this episode. Well, as soon episode. as the episode started and it said Joseph Wiseman, I was immediately looking for him already. Mm. I was like, Wait, who in this is Dr. No? And then they move into the mafia house, and I was like, oh my god, that's totally him. I thought it, he was going to be like the judge presiding over like a divorce episode. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because this episode does not go where you think it's going to go. Yeah, not You think all. it's going to be a legal battle where MacGyver has to like help this kid go through a divorce, and instead he takes him on a tour of murder. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about the episode. It's okay. Um, like I said, I had a better on the second viewing. Yeah. I felt more comfortable with it. I like that there are a bunch of MacGyverisms in it because I feel like we've been light on those lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, so him like rewiring the phone and setting the chemicals to explode, and yeah. Uh, so like, and, and just like being like his good person self that he is. Yeah. Stealing away wives and children. Yep. Breaking up marriages. One. <laughs> That's MacGyver. Homewrecker. The show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. Mm-hmm. If you guys have any thoughts you want to share, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're covering 
Season 4, Episode 12, The Challenge. Whew. So, yeah. keep wow. your antidepressants ready, because uh, it's dark. <laughs> it's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal episode. So, uh, you have that to look forward <laughs> to. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Bye.